0: Two creative heads in foreign lands, working at the intersection of creativity, leadership, and culture. Dan Wilden, David James Kennedy, Milan, Oslo, Rogue Minds.
1: Welcome back to Rogue Minds, David James Kennedy in Oslo. And Dan, today you're somewhere a little different
0: than the usual, where are you? I am indeed. I'm locked in a hotel room looking over surface Paradise in Australia in a quarantine just waiting to get home and see some family. So I'm on the other side of the planet this time and it is six in the evening and it's probably nine in the morning where you guys are. Yeah, nine in the morning where I am and
1: eight in the morning where our guest today, Del Manning, is. Del Manning is on the call with us. Are you doing good, Del?
2: Yeah, doing good. Thanks for, for having me. Great to have you. So
1: for you guys listening, let's talk a little bit about Dell. Uh, Today's episode is uh, centered around starting a new creative venture. And um, Dell, we speak to a lot of people who are in in the process of startups or developing um, kind of ideas to scale up, starting agencies, have ideas that want to start things, don't know how to start things. So you're a really good person to talk to. A little bit about Dell. Dell actually has started three agencies. Uh, he's been working as a creative director for the last, well, about 400 years. He's a he's a <laughs> Jedi when it comes to creative direction, and he's worked across all different uh, industries and sectors, clients like Bang & Olufsen, Meridian, Bentley, De Beers, Kate Spade, Sharp, G-Tech, Ben & Jerry, Tesco, if you're from England, you know about Tesco, entertainment games, and uh, you actually have quite a bit of information and quite a bit of knowledge about starting things. So. I'm going to throw it to you, Dell. That was a bit of a, a very quick top-line introduction, but can you tell uh, tell us and uh, people listening, how would you describe yourself and what you do?
2: Uh, okay, so I guess I'm the creative side of starting an agency. So uh, agencies are lots of people involved. It isn't just uh, a creative director. There's a whole suite of people who are involved in, in creating it. So my side is the creative direction side, so that's what I've done when I started. Uh, Back in 1997 was the first agency I got involved with. Um, I was probably near nine, ten years before that working for other agencies in creative direction type roles. Uh, Integrated marketing is what I do. So it's a bit of everything. So that's everything from sort of advertising uh, through to, um, in the case of my last agency, we did events as well. So it wasn't just digital advertising, websites, social media. Print, which is a uh, you know a very rare thing these days, uh, but we also did events as well.
0: Right. I want to jump into a question straight away, which I'm intrigued about even, bef- even before we started this call. You're a creative. Uh, I've seen your work and I know th- what you do. But you're also running an agency, so that's a real that's a real uh, tension to walk between doing creative work, coming up with ideas, and managing uh, an enterprise. Tell us a little bit about that. How do, how do you succeed in that, in that capacity?
2: I think you have to learn from other people. It doesn't come easy. I mean, the reason I started, um, actually stepped out and started my own agency it was a bit of arrogance. You know, you, I worked for, I think the first two bosses I worked for were creatives and, and creatives are not the best people to run an agency. <laughs> Put it out there, first <laughs> of all. You know, we're, we're generally, um, you know, we're, we're a bit flouncy and creative about things and we don't really think about the, the money uh, I remember my uh, second job. The, the boss there was like, you know, he'd get a, a check for a job and he'd go out and buy a new brand new uh, top of the range BMW. I don't think he ever washed a car. He just would swap it for another one, and until the VAT man turns up and goes, like, where's the VAT that you charged? Um, so I think you know, having a mind on the finances doesn't come easy, and you know, understanding what a, a, a balance sheet is and all of that. Stuff that you learn, you know, you don't learn that stuff at, at college, at any art college, I think probably should. Um, you know, I think actually probably before that, I think we should all be learning how our business is run and, and what's involved in it. So I think learning from other people is definitely the key.
1: I find it really interesting, Del, because um, on this podcast, we've uh, since we've started, we've talked a lot about creativity, talked a lot about leadership, which we're going to talk about today as well with you, and also culture. But one thing that we talk a lot about as well is strategy and being strategic. And just even hearing what you said now and 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 talking with you, you are a bit of a blend of both. You are creative. You come from the art direction background, but you've also you're also strategic. And that, like you say, that's not a rare. Uh, sorry, that is a rare blend. That's a rare mix. Can you talk a little bit about? Is that something that you, the strategic side, did that come natural to you, or is that something that you, out of necessity, have been an agency owner?
2: I think it did come. Not well. Yeah, it probably. When you're small, you have to put on lots of hats. You know, you you know, you can't afford to have a head of strategy. So you know, you have to sort of have a go yourself. And I think you know my. Uh, you know, I'm I'm the youngest of five. Uh, all my brothers are like T file heads, you know, inventing things and you know all very much on the science side of things. So I think I've got a bit of that sort of science head. Um, but yeah, certainly st- strategy is something I've got involved with a lot. A lot of brand strategy, working with clients, uh, you just get stuck in. You read up, you find out about it. To be honest, you know, I work with lots of. Um, Strategic leaders or heads of strategy in agencies, and you know they do it the same way as anybody else. You learn from other people. You know, you go online, you do courses. A lot of them have done psychology degrees. Some others haven't. They just they kind of fell into it as well. So, I think it's a really important part of an agency, particularly the larger it gets. Certainly, I don't think you can do brand well without strategy. Advertising is pretty much run by it. It's a kind of a it gives you rails. Uh, as a from a creative point of view so I like it from that point of view I think if you're starting a project without strategy there's like a million directions you can go in and without someone going actually let's just the, the tunnel is much narrower and it's in this direction then as a creative that is great because you're not wasting tons of energy in in the wrong areas and if the client's already signed into that strategy up front then you're in a position where uh, that's great. They're already in love with your idea before you start.
0: That's um, that's a, a good point that you make. Where the where the creativity is really what what uh, I guess the consumers connect with. I don't I don't think many um, consumers say, "Wow, what a great strategy that ad just had." They see the creative and the clients. In your experience, w- what sort of percentage would you say roughly it would do the clients? Uh, resonate with or, or drift towards strategy, and what percentage in your experience drift towards the creativity when it comes to you presenting work and, and selling work? And this is just a, th- a thought I had now, but be interesting to hear what, what you see.
2: I think they need both. Um, all clients love strategy. Uh, strategy, I mean, all marketing directors, managers like the rest of us want to keep their jobs uh you know none of them want to go out there on a limb and say you know you know what i just felt that was a brilliant really brave idea I just kind of felt it like i'm not sure whether our customers are going to like it like no one says that so what what they have to do is base their jobs and their reputation on some science strategy which has you know done some you know quantitative or you know qualitative research and find out you know this is what resonates with our customers right now so that's the area we need to focus on and if that's all they get then you know that's a good result for them you know then the creative has to step up to that i remember doing a pitch um a few years ago with with a big client and uh, uh we pitched against some big advertising agencies and afterwards we got some feedback from the client and they said look the other agency advertising agency came in and they did like an hour and a half of strategy and like we were just bored to tears and like there was no creative but you guys came in with strategy and then you showed us some great ideas. So I think, you know, it needs both. I think clients if all they've got is strategy, you're just going to fall asleep. But if they've got strategy and then they've got great creative of the back of that, then you know you've ignited them and you've won the project. But I am a believer that if you come up with a great idea, that's enough. It's like the the elevator elevator pitch to a client. Uh, if you just got that one line, they'll they'll not walk away remembering most of your creative, (laughs) they'll walk away remembering what was the idea behind it, what was the strategic idea, and knowing and having the assurance that that's going to connect with their customers and win them all work and make them look good.
1: Really good stuff. And it's it's so great when we're talking about starting a creative adventure. I say adventure. It is an adventure, but a creative venture. The question I have for you is if we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly a little bit of starting a new venture. You've built successful agencies and then you've jumped ship on maybe jump ship is not the right word, but then you've turned around and started a new creative endeavor. And I I want to know from you why and also what does it take when you when you've built something successful, where is the hunger and the energy coming from to to go back to the beginning and start a new venture?
2: Yeah, I don't think anyone starts a new venture and jumps from one. I guess there's the start point, right? So you're working for someone else, and then you decide to start your own thing. I think that's one type of of startup. Um, you know, in my case, I was an arrogant, you know, whatever age thought the guys I'd worked with in the past, you know, weren't doing it great, and I could do it better. So there was like, okay, I'll have a go myself. I think that's low risk at the time. You know, I had no kids, and I was just starting off you know, low overheads, off you go. I think the second and third times are harder because, well, for me, because once you're in something, it's really hard to jump ship. Uh, you know, I think with my with uh, my first agency that I started, I was almost forced to in a way because, uh, you know, this is where you learn about working with other people. My business partner at the time had kind of run off with some money from the agency and we're kind of forced to start again. So you have the kind of, the nasty side of, of uh, agency world where, you know, working with an agency or a business with lots of money, that corruption happens. So so there was that situation where it's like, I didn't want to, I was kind of forced to. And I think this time uh, was a little bit simpler in the sense that decided that we needed to simplify the agency. The agency was just, just doing far too many things. I'm primarily working on the integrated kind of advertising and design and branding and uh but the the agency was doing events as well and, and was just trying to do too many things at once so we kind of just came to a i actually came to the conclusion first we just need to simplify this so uh yeah it's definitely harder this time and certainly was uh is harder when you've got a COVID thrown into the mix but I've i've been through a number of recessions i actually think recession you know probably a lot of people might be listening to this who are kind of like now kind of forced out of their comfort zone. I think recessions, COVID, you know, could be your opportunity, if you're listening to this, to step out because you're kind of forced to, you know, you were kind of comfortable and now you've been forced to think, what am I going to do now? And I actually think now is a really exciting time for the industry as a whole. So I think there's lots of great creatives who are, you know, art directors and creatives are sitting in agencies, super comfortable, doing mediocre work, and are going to step out because they're forced to. And I think it's going to result in much more interesting, exciting work in the future coming out, because lots of hungry little agencies are appearing, be biting on the heels of the big guys uh, and creating some great work. So it can only be good. I think sometimes the industry needs to reset. And now is probably one of those times.
0: You're totally right. I think I was reading this week, there's a record number of new startups um, commencing during this time. A lot of people have additional time, whether they're in furlough or whether they're just smart working from home and they got those extra hours they would have spent commuting or or you know extra work just lands on your desk when you're face to face. So I think that's a, it's a very good point and maybe something we can come back to at the end. I think it, at the end of every podcast we have, we put a little challenge out to to people so that could be an interesting one. but jumping jumping into a slightly uh, a related but different stream or conversation here. So you're a creative director and a founder and um, I'm sure just from what you've spoken about already, you definitely have your your feet on the ground. You're not just one of those uh, creative directors that floats around um, giving bits of advice and a little bit of vague creative leadership or even amazing inspiring leadership before disappearing into the ether again. But I'm guessing it's not all glamorous and it's not just, uh, I don't know, Brainstorms and cool ideas. What does uh, being a creative director and a founder mean in an agency, let's say a mid-size agency
2: um, that you've been part of? Yeah, I think probably uh, mid-size probably the good description because I think it depends what size and type of agency you're in, what a career director means. Um, You know, so, you know, certainly the bigger the agencies get uh often you find the creative director is like you say is the guy that kind of or girl that swans in actually very few girls and that's a problem with the issue with the industry uh it's it's a where they swan in and they're actually encouraged not to be hands-on it's kind of like you you have you're the guy or girl who hires the people you encourage them you set the creative direction for the for the agency uh you keep the standards up you're kind of almost like a, a ringleader trying to make it happen actually that for me personally, I don't, I don't enjoy because I prefer being a bit more hands-on. Uh, and I think in a mid-sized agency, you have to be hands-on because there aren't that many you know, people to sort of say, hey, look, you just do all the work and I'll sit around and watch you. Um, it's certainly, I think being a creative director has got its challenges. I think there's always growing pains. Uh, I think having to look after uh, other creatives is also like the business side, something you have to learn overseeing others uh you know encouraging them that's that has its challenges too particularly you know i think i was listening to one of your other podcasts you talked about you know the kind of insecurities that creatives have you know and creative and you know individuals are very difficult people to to manage to corral to understand their personalities to you know we're we're all as creatives i think living in a kind of a a fraud mentality where we think, you know, I'm not good enough to do this. And then when you've got someone else coming down at you saying, Hey, that wasn't good enough. You, you automatically associate with, Hey, that work I did wasn't good enough. Therefore I'm not good enough. And I think that is the biggest lesson for creatives to learn is, is to not be so personal about your work. I mean, you're my life. My same life's a pitch. You know, like literally every week was just doing that. And and every week having to face sometimes a lot of rejection because it wasn't good enough even to get past your peers. So so if you're doing that job, you have to have thick skin and realize this isn't personal. Um, this person isn't having to go at me. They're just saying, hey, what I've created isn't good enough and, and I need to do something that pushes it even further. And it's a skill as a creative director learning how to do that because... You know, it's tough.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, on the uh, we, we definitely have talked about that a few times, sort of ego or, or even just creative passion gets wrapped up in in what you're making and sometimes yeah. that line gets very blurred. You, you said something interesting just a moment ago about getting work past your peers and maybe a little slight divergence on that theme, but when it comes to inspiring your agency or your peers or the other creatives, you talked about a bit about a vision there that you set the vision as the creative director. Do you find that just you set and I don't want to say set and forget but do you do you find that you in the past have had set the, the vision this is what the agency is going to be like uh, you know all the big agencies have their tagline or their their manifesto do you ever have to change that or evolve that or do you find I've created this agency around this value and it's never going to change
2: I mean your your vision in terms of what your values are I think are are set by the leaders of of the organization so you know, it's the classic leadership thing. Whoever is the leader, everyone kind of they'll pick up on that attitude and they'll act like that. So, I'm a strong believer. If you're hands on and and you've got the right attitude in the leadership, then that's a good thing for the agency, and it can only go well. You now, there's an expression that you know, uh, you know, things that are fed well grow. So, if if you're feeding it well, it's gonna it's gonna go well. Um, So I go back to the question. I've lost my train of thought there. Sorry, Dan, we were talking about.
0: No, well, we'll, I guess we're talking about, you you sort of answered it pretty well, pretty quickly. You you said that you do, you set your values and they don't really change. But what I'm talking about is um, the creative uh, expression or the, I guess, the lens that you look through or your creative work through. For example, I think of an agency I used to work at and they changed their creative ethos very quickly to be all about brave work and doing work that was a bit scary. Other brands will do stuff like work that wins awards or becomes famous, you know? So has that sort of changed, like the what's written above the door when you walk in? Does that evolve or does that more or less, do you feel like that should be
2: set in stone? I think the the ethos that the agency is built on from the start. I mean, there's various ways of saying it. You know, all, all agencies want to do brave work. All agencies want to do the most creative work possible. There's a business side too. So, you know, do you want to be out there crazy and wacky and 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 you know, not win work because you're being too crazy? I think a lot of it is down to the direction and the uh, foresight of who's leading the organisation. I don't think that changes over time. I think the nuance of how it gets out there can change, but if it changes too much, like you're just all over the place. I think uh, you have to have a vision in terms of the type of work that you want to see as an agency. I think the smaller you are and the more independent you are, the the easier it is to do braver work. Uh, the bigger it gets, that's almost squashed because it's risky. Uh, so... You know, it's it's tough to do brave work in, in in larger agencies, and certainly, you know, I think some of the big advertising agencies are some of them are doing some very brave work, but they've been given permission and they've almost got a reputation for that now, so so they can do it. Uh, but it's hard if you. I think it's hard if you've been on the safe side to move into brave.
1: Dell, I'm going to ask you uh, another question because you've you've talked about a lot of good things. You've talked about already. You talked about been brave, and you've talked about some of the. Some of the um, tough things and the good things and the, the unexpected things when you became a founder or you started a new a new venture and then wearing different hats between creative direction and being a founder um, because we've, and now we've focused a little bit on agencies which is great but we 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 have people that um, that listen that don't uh, necessarily work in agencies but they're they're still doing um, they're still founding businesses or ideas or they're developing brands. Um, I just wanted to find out from you, just talk about maybe some of the biggest learnings and advice you could maybe give to someone who is going to start something, because I loved what you said about, this is a great time. And you you kind of put the call out there already. You put the challenge out for people listening that this is the time to maybe step out and do something great. If I was to to listen to this podcast and say, okay, Dale, I'm going to do it. What would be your biggest kind of advice and learnings that you could share with me? Big question.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I was on a, a Zoom call last night with a, uh, a good friend of ours. He's a photographer, like amazing photographer and his wife. They live down in Cornwall. And uh, they had to pivot and start a business that's making um, called Able Burners. They make these little infused burners. They're beautiful. Um, and he had the idea years ago, but now he's been forced to do it because obviously like, wedding photo- photography is kind of like uh, died to death. Or, you It's know, really slowed down. And they were like, you know, ask the question. I think that is actually interesting. We had a call together talking about business because I think one of the first things is who do you trust? You need to have people around you you can talk to and, and mentor you. You know, no one starts off understanding a balance sheet. No one starts off understanding all that side of it if you come from the creative side. But you need people that you respect, you trust their, their opinion You know, a good friend of mine, Tony Kelly, who I've known for over 30 years, he's just a numbers guy. Like this guy knows nothing about the creative industry, really, and and would stay up front, he doesn't. But he's been a guy I've gone to from a numbers point of view, and there's others as well. So make sure you get someone you can trust, who understands the numbers, and can help you with that. Uh, Liability, I think, word of advice on that. I've been stung on that to my cost, had to pick up the bill, uh, you know, in an agency that went wrong uh, for, for the uh, property, very expensive mistake. So be careful what you sign, what you guarantee personally, be it you know, your office especially, because there's issues around that in terms of when you leave the office, that's almost more expensive. Any loans or overdrafts, you know, if at possible, try not to guarantee anything personally. I would advise against two creatives starting an agency together because you will fight because <laughs> uh, you're not you're doing exactly the same thing you'll fall over each other you know and that's not comfortable to talk about when you're like mates and it's all, it's all fun and we're just starting something new often you know we're creatives and we're kind of very fiery and we hit a problem and you're like yeah and uh, I've, I've had to learn in my personality that there's always a way, a way around it sideways on uh, is is always a lot better than just locking heads with people or or situations. Yeah, that's Sorry. very
0: valuable. Or oh, those those bits of advice, and I I think you're right. Del. We we probably get excited about a new venture or we're doing something who we're super chummy with, or it's it's all fresh in that sort of like you know dating phase of a business relationship. Like, we'll never have a fight. We'll never fall out. You'll never disappear with the money or buy a BMW every month. So I think that's a
2: that's very wise it sounds awful, but you're almost more married to them than you are to your own partner because there's more liability involved in that. Like there's so many more jobs involved. There's like, uh, you know, if that goes wrong, the financial impact that's going to have on your life is going to be, you know, so it's, it's as we're not more important than your marriage, but it's, it's right there behind it. You know, your, your marriage is there and your business partner is like next. So you need to make sure that you've, Particularly with that one that you've worked out, what worth what, what the love stops? What are we going to do?
1: It's a good time to segue into. Um, you've you've touched on it already, and so I want to kind of drag us a little bit into kind of creativity. We've talked which we've talked a lot about, but creativity and leadership and working with other people. When you start when you start a new venture or whatever it might be, it often starts out pretty small, but as it grows, more personalities come into the mix, different people, different skills, and um, Let's talk about your experience of starting three agencies over the last 25, 30 years. How do you you wear the hats? How do you know when I need to be, uh, um, for example, when I need to be a leader and when I need to see the person and when I need to be a mentor and encourage or... Versus when I need to be, when I need to just set the vision and be very strict and say, this is the way we're going. How do you balance those dynamics as more people come into, into your kind of creative vision and your little baby of this, this new venture that you've started?
2: I mean, it's always messy. I think if you've got any agency growing, it's not, it's not like a linear thing. It's always going to be, and it's relationships, right? And it's complicated relationships and we talked earlier. People can get emotional about, you know, especially us creatives. Um, I think uh, communication is absolutely key. You've got to set some ground rules about how, you know, what. So if I'm working with my team, and not just my team, but other teams, I mean, one of the biggest arguments that happens in an agency are always between client services and the creative department. And then if it's not them arguing, it's then, you know, the digital guys and the creatives or the digital guys. You know, there's like these... You end up with these kind of groups of individuals doing a role that kind of can get antagonistic towards others. So I think that's where you have to set, you know, make sure you've got strong leaders in each of those areas and there's really strong communication and relationship. It's always difficult how you wear multiple hats. You know, from my point of view as a creative, how do you, where do you step in with creatives to, um, you know, give them free reign and how much are you kind of, you know, hemming them in and giving them advice to the point where they get pissed off with you. So it's like how much I check in is always a question I have. And what I find is easier is to set that up front. So start of the day, I might sit down with a team, you know, we're talking about the project, what the expectation is for the day. And we'll say, right. So at four o'clock, we'll catch up on this. So it's really clear I'm going to leave you alone on this till four o'clock, unless you've got a problem, and then we're going to sit down then and go through it. So there's a clear expectation. So you're not just wandering in, you know, you're trying to direct people and say, hey, look, this." when you do that, create at four o'clock and it's not good enough. And back of my mind is that I've got to or we've got to to present this in like two days time. Uh, That can get stressful. So you've got to be careful how you manage that stress so it doesn't become negative into like, you know, keeping the energy and keeping the fun, actually, you know, it's going to be a fun job. So if, if we can have a laugh about it, uh, then that helps to have a beer and just, uh, OK, let's just go hard at it tomorrow.
0: You, you've um, you've described something which I think it can be very easy for people who have good creative vision or even ability. And that's micromanaging. So um, how do you avoid doing that when when it is when it does have your name on it?
2: Oh, gosh. I have failed in that, like, so many times. Um, Yeah, it's really hard. (laughs) Because it's like not just, and that's why I'm a strong believer in, like, whoever does the work should, should, wherever possible, present the work. You go and present the idea, and they haven't presented it. They don't see the reaction in the client's faces, which was the same as yours in the room, which was, this isn't right. So it's really important for for I think uh creatives to present their work and see the reaction from clients to stuff that they thought was like, you know, groundbreaking, the best thing since sliced bread. Go, going back to your micromanaging, um, really hard. I mean, there there have been times when you you can get to like this the day before uh and we still haven't got any ideas. And then we're all we're all there <laughs> into the wee small hours. And then you're 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 hands-on doing the work. Um, that is probably, you know, there's probably multiple failures in that there'll be failures in, in me as a career director. There'll be, there may be failures in, in the creative, just maybe that wasn't the right kind of work for them, or, or maybe they're, they're not quite up to that right now. And, and we should use, uh, you know, we should, we should look at their future even in the agency. Uh, you know, maybe we're expecting too much of an individual. They shouldn't be asked to do that right, right now, right yet. They need more time. That's tricky in a small agency because you haven't got so many heads to, to turn around to.
0: So if you're you're talking about growing and stretching team or or even knowing where their limitations are, but do, how do you approach that, the the difference between growing or stretching someone and actually knowing, you know, that's probably not not quite right for them or they're not at that point. But to look at more of the positive end of that, how do you uh, healthily grow and stretch your team
2: um oh gosh my
0: without without micromanaging them <laughs> uh
2: yeah it's still tricky i think it's it's relationship you've got a relationship is like a bridge if you've got no relationship if you haven't spent time with uh people who work with the creatives Then when you try and you get to that point where you're driving a truck over it because this isn't good enough, then the whole thing will break. If you've built strong relationships, if you've spent the time, if, you know, if they know you're like a decent individual and you've got their best interests at heart and you're not doing it for spite, uh, then it's easier then to say, you know, the tough conversations to say, look, this work isn't good enough. Um, But then you need to point to what is good enough or at least the direction. And say, look, it needs to be, uh, you know, more this sort of route, and inspire. And I think if you're inspiring uh, creatives, if you're if you're pointing to what good good looks like, then they've got much more chance of of getting to it. If if you're just nebulous and saying, well, it's it's not good enough, but not giving a, a direction, then how are they ever going to find that?
1: That's really good. And I love Dale how Dan touched on it earlier that we've we've experienced working with you in some different different scenarios over the years. How you 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 take mentorship and you take teaching uh, people seriously. You always love to be in and amongst the crowd. You don't you don't separate yourself. Uh, I remember famously coming to your office many years ago, and you know everyone these days has their perception of what a creative director is. I mean, everyone's a creative director now, but you know, maybe some of us had a bit of a Don Draper view of you uh, or something. But uh, I was like, where's your big fancy office? And you're like, no, nah, I sit amongst the people. And I remember seeing your desk. It was side. Uh, it was kind of wedged in between a bunch of creatives. There was stuff everywhere. It was all happening. And I just thought to myself, that's really cool because you love to be on the tools, and 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 you know, obviously, some people might know, or they might not. You're you're also a professional photographer, and that's a, a big part of what you what you love to do. But uh, how important has it been for team cult, team culture, and dynamic in in the different um, agencies that you've started? To to you know, we talked about being hands on and how to not micromanage, but let's look at the other side. How important is it for your team to see that you are um, you're on their level with them. You're not separating yourself as a, as a creative director sitting in your corner office, just yelling out ideas, smoking cigars and having long lunches.
2: Yeah, I guess because I don't think the separated in an office is productive. I think as a, as a business owner, I can see just a million things wrong with that, that are not going to be productive for the agency and ultimately the bottom line in terms of profits. Um, you know, I think if you've got that sort of culture, you know, you're in trouble. Uh, you know, I'm a firm bl- I find, I, was, I was talking to uh, a founder of one of the biggest PR agencies in the world. And, uh, he, he was interesting cause he said, you know, they had a real problems trying to find offices because they tried to make sure there were no doors and no separation between departments. It's really hard to find an office plate that's that big, a door is a separation definitely a floor, you know, going from the second to the third floor, like those people are never going to see each other. They're never going to talk to each other. It's actually hard enough, even when you're an open plan and someone's sitting like one row of tables away from you to like connect with that person. Uh, you know, I used to deliberately almost set alarm going, I'm going to walk around now. And see people and talk to them and 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 chat because if you don't do that, you, you're like you can come in, you can sit at your desk, no matter how open plan it is, and never talk to anyone else. And I think the open plan thing also helped because you could overhear conversations, so you can tell if someone's getting in trouble because it's it's all it's visible, it's audible. Whereas if you're in a, in a room somewhere, you're never going to hear that until it's way too late. You know they've spent a day on working on something, wasted their time when you could have caught that. Like way back, and also from an agency point of view, you've got people in a room that are like different skills. you know someone in the digital department might hear someone in creative or in client services you know express a problem, they'll overhear it and go, "Well, I've got the solution to that. Uh, it's this." And you would never have had that if you had everyone in their little silos. Silos don't work, especially in creative agencies.
0: No, we we I think we're all on the same page with that one. Um, I want to shift us to the final section now, and I like to we like to get in the meaty questions to some of the um some of the more difficult ones because you've shared a lot of lessons learned and a lot of experience. But um, maybe we can just uh, squeeze a little bit more wisdom out of you before we wrap things up. But what's I'm always interested in the answer to this one. What how do you deal with a troublesome team? Because we talked about things might be great when you begin, or there might be ego, or there might be issues, or. But what are some of the the, the most difficult things that you've experienced when it comes to to team or or working in an agency that you're having find you're having found yourself leading?
2: Uh, wow, troublesome teams. I mean, you're employing people off the back of a CV, off the back of a portfolio, and you know personality. Uh, often doesn't come through in that you don't you don't know what someone's like until you've you've worked with them for a bit so i think personality it depends what the troublesome is based on i think there are there can be it's a it's a personality it was a personality problem here i think if you got that you just got to shift it out as soon as possible uh and you know i'm a firm believer that whoever you employ and i when i employ people i say look i'm i've got no expectation you're going to be here for the rest of your life <laughs> like our job as an agency is to in one extent as part of the industry is to grow you as a creative individual and you may outgrow us. And, and my hope is you'll go somewhere else and you'll, you'll say, Hey, look, that was an amazing part of my life. I learned so much there and look where I am now. And so that is a kick for me when it's, it's right. But I think sometimes it isn't right. Sometimes you have someone who comes on board and personality, whatever reason they're not right. And I think you need to shift that out. I think, um, when it comes to then, uh, you can have then other reasons, which I think are probably legitimate reasons why you might have a kickback. You know, arrogance is is often there, but it, it can be arrogant for a reason. Maybe the way I've communicated hasn't been right. and I think that's when you have to sit down, you know as soon as, as soon as I see there's there's this not this reaction from this individual is is more than just about the work. There's something underneath that. We can all sense that. Like, I'll take them into a room and we'll have a chat, you know, have it out. Say, look, just be truthful with me. What's the issue? Um, I think you need to set up from the clear expectations. And and if it hasn't been clear or, you know, that's you you just need to keep short tabs on each other and and figure out, look, if this isn't going well, why is it not going well? 99% of the time is because of communication. Keep short tabs on things. Make sure you're... uh, you're spending time together, and you're dealing with uh, ultimately the relationship issues and and the stuff that is the fallout from that.
1: There's a lot of wisdom there, Del in in, in your thirty plus years of of uh, you know leading agencies and being a creative director, and that was some really good advice for some uh, you know for other people. I'd love to know. What would advice would you give your younger self? Let's go back to nineteen ninety-seven when you were a little pissed off. Wow! With um, how you, <laughs> how your bosses how your bosses used to do things, and you were you were a, I mean you were a were original rogue mind back in the nineties when me and Dan were in nappies. You were like, "This sucks. I'm going to do it a better way. I'm going to challenge the the status quo, which we love." What would you tell your younger self all these years later if you could have a meeting with yourself?
2: It's funny because I, I wrote a thing for Creative Review, which is still on a website, actually, which is what you, what you, uh, advice you give to your younger self. Um, I think, you know, I was very green. Uh, I'm, you know, I came from Ireland, Northern Ireland. Uh, not that that's the excuse or reason or because I'm Irish, I'm green or something, but <laughs> I was, you know, I'd quite had a very, Black and white view of how it's going to work. Uh, so I think uh, you know I was green and over trusting people at times, and green and not and thinking I knew how to do it all myself, and not getting people in soon enough. So I think uh, make sure you trust people and find find the right people, mentors. People have done it already. You know, don't go and learn through all your own mistakes. Go and find out what their mistakes were, and then don't do theirs. <laughs> At least that's cut out maybe half of the ones you're gonna miss, you're gonna make. Um, don't be over trusting of people, though. I think I've done that in the past to my cost. So you've got to be a little bit cautious. Um, don't be passive. Passive is uh, definitely been my biggest enemy uh, in my career. At times, I can be a little bit. Yeah, it's all going smoothly, and I'll kind of coast. And um, it was an expression that everything swerves to rot. You know, So as soon as you start something, it's already rotting. You know, you've know, got to keep at it. And that's like just con- content, continuous, painful, hard work. Be- make sure you're engaged the whole time and not passive. Don't coast. If you see something and it's a problem, don't ignore it. Deal with it straight away. And I think don't expect the straight line career. You know, Life is a zigzag definitely running an agency is you start out, Dan, you talked about you know what's your expression at the start. It does change. You know, what the agency does will change over time. And a lot of that's down to what's happening in, in the market, in the industry. Uh, you know, the industry is changing right now. Digital is more important than it's ever been. Uh, the world is changing. So uh, agencies have to respond to that and make sure that they're relevant to, to the work that the clients want, otherwise they won't be around.
0: well um we we always give people a, an actionable challenge at the end and and thank you, Dell. you you set this up very easily very early in the conversation. So the challenge today, based on what we've been talking about, this might be the time to step out. If you hadn't noticed you might be getting pushed out of something or something one season might be finishing, it might be time for a new one. So the question are you being forced out of your current comfort zone? What is it that you want to do? What is it that you've always wanted to do? So if you're setting out on a new venture, what values would you like to set in place from the very beginning? I think uh, Dell outlined the importance of having that set in stone and having those values always at the core. And lastly, who will you involve to get advice? Who will show you your blind spots and who will give you that um, that wisdom that you need to hear from, whether that's finances, contract agreements, or even those worst case scenarios to avoid and good old mentorship. So that's the challenge for today. What is it time to step out and to start? And maybe even a conversation with uh, someone as wise as Del Manning might be worth doing. So probably you should definitely go have a look at relishhq.com and, and uh, connect with him on LinkedIn. So thank you again today, Dell, and thank you guys for tuning in. My pleasure. Thank you, DK, for, for bringing the vibes as always. Have a great week, guys. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to talking to you again soon.